You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet 360. Jeff Blair will join us. Talk about that electric final at the WBC last night. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll mix in some Jays talk with him. Got a ton of hockey to do today, too, for yeah. obvious reasons. Flames yeah. with a big, large, huge must. Had to have it. 5-1 win in Anaheim last night over the Ducks. Uh, the franchise at 8 o'clock. Stewie Anthony Stewart at 8.30 NHL on Sportsnet. We're also doing impossible Flames trivia. I'm going to give you the question at 8.25. Your chance to win... A $50 gift card to VK Brewing Company and a, uh, some VK Brewing Company swag. They got good swag. I really like what they've got. I was just perusing the website a little bit. You like your swag. I like uh, last week, actually. I uh, made a point you didn't notice, but I wore a different brewery shirt every day of the week. Do, were you saying that to yourself? You just didn't notice. Yeah. By Friday, after we left, I was like, <sighs> well... I guess he just doesn't care about yeah, me. Yeah, well, too busy staring at your mustache the whole time. That's fine, I guess. Um, I think in about five minutes, we're going to start doing some texts, maybe mix in some phone calls. Okay. Does our phone line work today, Alex? Are people able to call into the radio station? Yep, can confirm. Okay. Um, we're giving away a uh, a foursome, free foursome at Wingfield Golf Club um, to this text question, which is, it's not a winner, it's not probably worded correctly, but I'm going with it anyway. Uh, if there's I've, an English teacher in the crowd that can uh, throw us a bone here, I've taken less. I've taken less time to blank than between Troy Stetcher goals. I've taken. I've taken less time to blank than between Troy Stetcher goals. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Your chance to win a foursome at Wingfield Golf Club. Kick off the golf season with free golf. You can't complain about that. I love that we're giving away golf because it means that it's that much closer. Yes, let's go. It's going to be a nice day today. Fired out Calgary. to get out to Wingfield. It's going to be beautiful. I am too. Play um, one of the three nines. Alex is going to be out on Brody on the beat. They got all sorts of great membership options. When are you going out today, Alex, so that people can have a, a keep an eye out for you on the streets of Calgary? Hoping to be out by 11 to, to 12, around the lunch, kind oh, of the lunch okay. rush hour. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Keep your eye out for Alex Brody and Brody on the beat. Um, Flames with a convincing 5-1 win last night over the Ducks in Anaheim. Got off to a great start. Nick Ritchie scoring. Flames never looked back. Dan Vladar was solid. Troy Stetcher was Bobby Orr and Nicholas Lidstrom last night. Uh, scored that beautiful goal. Made some nice defensive plays. Flames went in there and handled their business. And again, that, that game in Los Angeles was clearly a coach-killing effort, what looked like. And then last night, they bounced back with a big 5-1 against a very bad Anaheim team. And mm-hmm. and watching that game last night, it just takes you back to that frustrating 3-1 loss at the Dome. Against about, Anaheim? About a week and a half ago. You're yeah. like, where was this effort against the Ducks at home? And Flames have 10 games left in their season, seven of which are down at the Dome. Problem is, uh, Flames have been really good on the road since December. They have the most points on the road in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Yet, for some reason, the Dome's not a fortress here. And they've struggled on home ice. Can you even remotely explain why? Um, Not entirely. Like, here's my thing with the last one. I thought maybe 
They showed a little bit of nerves early, and that allowed the opposition to pot a couple of quick ones, that being the Dallas Stars back on Saturday. But they fought back and even took the lead. But they fought back. But the point being that I thought that there were some nerves there. And I also think that's kind of appropriate when, you know, the last two times that you go and play at home, you got booed off the ice. And then you went on a road trip and you played pretty well. But coming home and I under my thing would be like, I wonder what the what are we going to get from the fans today? Are we going to keep getting Bronx cheers for our goaltenders? Like, I wonder if there's just a little yeah, bit but, of nerves there. But that's but, a Canada thing. And anyway. that's such a and it's. It's nitpicking above all. But that is the most logical answer I have been able to come up with, apart from they just don't have it at home. Because, you know, it's, it's been one of those things, even going back to the year, like you remember the start of the season when they were struggling at home, we were like, oh, they have to just get out on the road and everything will be fine. And then they went on the road and it wasn't all fine. Yeah. I don't know. This team just hasn't been able to really pick trends as far as staying at, playing at home, playing on the road, except for lately where it's been kind of shaky. When they're playing at the Saddle Dome. Well, it, it's something when it comes to the Flames. Um, this is something we talked about when when the team even kicked off the season and then had to play all those road games. Mm-hmm. Is wait till the end of the year when they play seven of their last ten on home, on home ice. And here we are. And that was looked at as like, that's a good thing, right? Positive. Right. And now it's like, Ooh, uh, Now you're like, well, I don't know. Kind of rather have them Playing down to their the opponents. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Listen, they got three games against opponents that are like way ahead of them in the standings. One against Vegas, one against LA. Um, there's another one in there that I'm blanking on. Well, it's the Sharks uh, on Saturday. That's no, that's not the hard game that I'm talking about. No. But uh, they got one more against Winnipeg as well. Those are your three tough games. You got two against the Sharks, two against the Canucks, Chicago, Anaheim, and Nashville. Then they got uh, LA coming in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the three hard ones are LA, Anaheim, or LA, Vegas, and Winnipeg. So, um, obviously, the maximum amount of points the Flames can have on the season is 99 Mm -hmm. if they win their next 10 straight. Yeah. What do you think the sweet spot number is to get to the playoffs here? Is it 95 points? I think it's coming down. You think it's... I think it's around 95, Patrick. It's just the way that the last two weeks have gone with Winnipeg, Nashville, and Calgary, nobody wants to take over this race. It's like you win one, everybody win one, Calgary wins one, and then... They all lose one. Like nobody can gain the spot. Like in the in a week and a half, like Calgary's gained one point on Winnipeg. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you both this question, Patrick. We'll start with you. If I were to offer you ninety-five points for the Flames right now, do you take it? Yes. Ten the season. Yes. Because I think like if you're getting ninety-five, I think you're you're good. But I think that number is coming down. And again, that that would mean you'd have to be red hot here in the last ten games. You're getting sixteen of a possible twenty points. And the Jets only get. 11 of their next 20. They would have to play just above 500 for that to work. Because remember, the Flames don't have the tiebreaker against Winnipeg. But luckily for Calgary, they play the Jets. Exactly. One of those three road games remaining on their (laughs) schedule is in Winnipeg against the Jets. And there's all three teams... If you take out the Batman points and the overtime points, they're all five and <laughs> the five. Batman points. They're all it's five true. and five over the net over the, over the last ten games. That's the season. The game against the Jets is the season. And you don't beat the Jets, Nashville. But I mean, yeah, Nashville. No, yeah, again, I, 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 I can't buy Nashville. I just can't That's do fair. it. That's fair. I refuse. Like I, I just, I think it's like a blind spot for a lot of us. We just, we just don't. We don't acknowledge it. We don't pretend like the Nashville and, Predators are serious threat. And even yet they are. But, another thing. 
Uh, sorry, uh, the schedule now gets extended even more to April 14th because Colorado and Nashville have to play a makeup game from mm. earlier on. So Nashville actually will be the last team to play out of Winnipeg and Calgary. That, again, that Jets-Flames game in Winnipeg is the season. Wednesday, April the 5th. You like, lo- if you lose that it's, game, it's over. They'll they'll only have three games left after that. Yeah. Hopefully it's hopefully it's a relevant hopefully game. Hopefully they're tied in the standings when that game or you're a point back or something like that. Yeah. Because Because as you've said the entire time here, Winnipeg's got them on the tiebreaker. They have because four the regulation more, stuff. Four more regulation wins in the flames. Yeah. You're not gonna make that up right. in ten games. So it's Sorry. essentially four and a half points your back of a playoff spot. Yeah. Um I well, was just looking at the Jets remaining schedule. I think they could probably get 12 points. 12 to 13 points would well, not they, shock me if the Jets go out and round they, off. They're struggling and that to would score put goals. Them, that would put them at 96 or 97. They're even, I'd, I'd even dare to say, Patrick, they're struggling more to score oh, goals 100%. than the Flames lately. No, 100%. They, they cannot score goals. Like, Kyle they got, Connor's slumping hard. Like Those two goals quickly against Arizona were massive. They had to hold off the Coyotes for 40 minutes yesterday. They sure did. Um, Watched the end of that game, and I was like, All right, is Arizona actually going to do this? Like Arizona is a scary team for anybody that has to play them right now. And they're snarly, man. Like, it's one thing to play like some of these bottom feeder teams. You're like, yeah, they don't they don't want to get hurt. Like, they don't care. Like Anaheim kind of looked like that yesterday. Like the Coyotes come in and they try and knock you down and well, punch you in the mouth. And like Clayton Keller is incredible. And, and he looks great whenever the puck's on a stick. And whenever Nick Schmaltz is out there with him, you're like, yeah. these two guys are extremely dangerous. Yeah. He's the most underappreciated player in the league, and it's just because of where he plays. Uh to me, he's just got a lot of Jack Hughes him vibes. And Michael Backlund. Yeah. Jack Hughes vibes to me. Yeah. Um I could see that 100. percent I don't think he's as big as Jack, but it's like just he the way he's smaller. He skates with the puck. And he's shifty and he's got yeah. good speed. He's a great player. Yeah, I'm a big fan. All right, uh, Jeff Blair going to join us in about 12 minutes. Uh, we got to give away some uh, passes for some golf. Uh, we have a foursome to give away for free at the Wingfield Golf Club. Um, men's, ladies, and senior mixed leagues with space available. Um, ladies league, nine hole, 30 bucks. Men's league, nine hole, 30 bucks. Uh, senior mixed league, 60 plus, 45 per 18 holes. That's a good deal. Uh, with space available, uh, give them a call. Um, it's right by the airport, 3434 48th Avenue, Northeast, right beside the airport, Wingfield Golf Club. Give us a call, too. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. I'm feeling that if you call in, you're going to have even a better chance of winning the passes today. Especially given the text line. Like, the question? Yeah. It's, we've got some good answers. It's but, janky. But, but we it, don't have as many answers as we typically get because I think the question is a little bit... Yeah, it's janky. Uh-uh. Um, I've taken less time to blank than between Troy Stetcher goals. 90 games between Troy Stetcher goals. But, man, you want to end a streak? That beautiful goal by Troy Stetcher last night, top corner. That's it. That's all you had to do is put it bar down, Troy. If you just go bar down, it won't take you 90 games to score another goal. It's that easy. It will not. Uh, He was very good last night. Made a great defensive play early on after a backland, uncharacteristic backland turnover. And I just thought he's been good. And outside of his debut with the Flames, he's been super steady on the blue line for and Calgary. Everybody sucked in his debut for the Flames. Of course. So and even Nick Ritchie uh scored a goal and took one off the bean last night. Yeah. How stoked do you think Brad Tree Living was? Like, wow, what a great deadline yeah. I had. Pumping yeah, his fist. That was it. No what problem. I'm talking about. Nah, probably not. But. Um our Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan texting robot is Texty McTexterson. Um, what do you got for us this morning, Texty? 
Dirk in Pembroke Meadows, it took me less time to conceive and deliver two kids with my ex-wife than it took Troy Stecker to <laughs> score a goal. All right. I would hope so, Dirk. Did you just spill coffee all over the studio right now? No. Hey, don't say it like that. Jeff's going to be really mad. I spilled a drop on the desk. Okay. All over your apple, too. Yeah, all over my apple. That's the part that I'm mad about. Darn apple. Shoot. Jason in Airdrie. It took me less time to celebrate two birthdays than it did for Stetcher <laughs> to score his last two goals. I like that, Jason. That's smart. That's how calculators that work. Yep. Calendars, not calculators. Sure. I'm an idiot. Both. Um, I like that one, Jason. Brad in Woodbine. I've gotten COVID-related travel refunds faster than Troy's two goals. <laughs> COVID? Okay. I like that one. COVID. Uh-oh, Jeff's here. Yeah, and just guess who just walked in, Maddie? Je- what? Why? What do you want, Jeff? <laughs> no, it's fine. I cleaned it up. We're trying to do a radio show. Beat it. Gosh. All right. Wow. Like Je- <laughs> Jeff hears that you spill coffee and he appears. <laughs> he just crawls out of the woodwork. Yet, where are you? yet our phone line doesn't work for like days. <laughs> What's happening here? All right. Did I hear you say spill? What happened? Pete right. in Calgary. I've taken less time to move provinces than the time between Troy Stecker goals. Stecker. Okay. It's not bad. Kelly in Olds. I've taken less time to get married and divorced between Troy Stetcher goals. That's sad. A lot for of Kelly. short relationships here, hey? Yeah, that's sad for Kelly. I'm sure there's a lot of regret there. Well, at least you didn't have the two kids and then get divorced. Like well, that, that feels like. Hmm. Do we got another Connor one? in Mahogony. Okay. I've taken less time to divorce my second wife and play ten rounds of golf since <laughs> Stetcher scored last. I said at my third wedding. That's it, Connor. Hey, okay, guys, if you, if you don't get it right the first two times, let's get married try, again. Try again. Let's do it. Um, there seems to be a theme here. Yeah, a lot of uh, divorces, marriages. Sad. Yeah. Brett from Calgary. I've taken less time to get back on the Flames bandwagon than in between Troy oh, Stetcher goals. So that's creative. Sign him. Seven by seven. <laughs> okay, well. Okay, fine. Seven by seven, I guess. Right. The way he played Hold last night. Discount. Yeah. The way he played yeah. last yeah. night. That, Hold down the way he played last night, that'd be a bargain. Oh, yeah. Like, he was all over the ice last night. I told you. He was Bobby or Nicholas Lidstrom rolled into one last night. I said night. it. And again, I'm not eight joking. Eight by eight. Get the pen out. We I literally said yesterday how good he's been, and then I was laughing watching the game because he was... He was a difference maker for the yeah, Flames last good. night. Making, he was good. Making everything out of those 16 minutes and a night. It's so Canadian fans in NHL fandom and media that we talk about the sixth defenseman on yeah. an NHL team. Oh, but yeah. damn, he was good last night. All right, let's get to one more, I guess. Let's do it. Or maybe two. Two? Okay, two. Two. Neil Calgary, I've taken less time to emotionally heal from the daily locker room beatings after gym class than the time between Troy Stecker goals. <laughs> Is that Neil from yesterday? That's Neil from yesterday. All right, Neil, maybe maybe you should go see somebody about this than actually trying to get some sympathy from us from your tumultuous childhood. I would recommend a therapist. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, there's some things you need to talk out, Neil. And I appreciate you get some help. Maybe we give you a golf pass. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. More. Okay. Cheaper than therapy. Dan, Kinkora, 
I've taken less time to wash my bath towel than it took Stretcher to score a goal between games. <laughs> That's pretty That's good. That's a callback. We and love when they get meta. And his name is Dan, like Dan Orlovsky, who we talked about earlier, said he uses the same bath towel. Maybe it is Dan Orlovsky. For 30, 30 straight times days. before he washes it. Which one did you like, Patrick? Oh, God. There is, I don't know. Uh, Neil, Neil's good because he's, you know, he's getting over the beatings. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You just said Neil is good because he's getting over the beatings. He's getting over the beatings. He wants to get out. He wants to golf again. That's my pick. What do you think, Neil? Because he's yeah, but I don't know. I do like Dan with it's the bath towel. I like Dan. I like some of the early ones. Okay, too. you know who's gonna break the tie today? Alex. Alex Brody. Which one do you want, Neil with the beatings or Dan with the bath towel? Oh. You know, it's got, oh, I don't want to do Neil dirty, but it's got to be Dan. Right? Okay, congratulations, right. Dan. You're the winner. Dan, Kinkora, I've taken less time to wash my bath towel than it took Stretcher to score a goal between games. Uh, congratulations. You've won a, uh, it's, a it's a weird clap one. We and I'm for looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> we got to get a new clap. Yeah, that's what, a weird one. It's like, it's like an elementary school recital clap. It's that's literally, what that it sounds, sounds like a gymnasium. Well, it, it's, yeah. it's the, the clap because you feel left out. Because there's a couple yeah. people that start and everyone's like, I didn't think this was a clapping moment. But okay, I don't want to be the guy who's just standing there. Uh, congratulations, uh, Neil. You won a. Dan, uh, it, no. Dan. Sorry, Dan. Not Neil. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Neil, we're going to hear about how. Like Neil His should be hide. mad at Alex Brody now, and maybe maybe trick Alex into showing up at an elementary school near lockers, oh, and yeah. maybe get some payback. Throw him Put in that locker. in that locker. Sorry, Dan, 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 Dan. Congratulations, you've won. Not Neil, Dan. Congratulations, you've well won. Well done, Dan. Uh, a foursome to Wingfield Golf Club. Um, they say the planes are so close you can hit them. You can't, but it's still pretty neat. Thirty-four, thirty-four, Forty-eighth <laughs> Avenue, Northeast, beside that. the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, did you? That's, 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 that. that's some good writing, Patty. I'm glad that I'm glad I picked that out. Uh, you can also host your golf tournament, wedding reception, prom, birthday party, anniversary celebration, and much more in their facility that holds up to 250 guests. They have really good membership rates. There you go. I just want to say that. Congratulations really to uh, Bath Towel Dan. Uh, you won a foursome at Wingfield Golf Club. Later I wonder on, how, how many days it does take Dan? Because we know it was Dan Orlovsky was 30 days, it was but gross. like this is 90 games. Like it could be like. A hundred days. Yeah, that's that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, that how, probably causes illness by then. Kind of got to break it. Um, we got Impossible Flames trivia to do at eight twenty-five. We sure. also we also need to talk to Jeff Blair. Yeah, Eric Francis, uh-huh. Anthony Stewart. Yep. Still plenty to go. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. The franchise, Eric Francis from Sportsnet, mm-hmm. will play Impossible Flames trivia. Love Talk it. to Anthony Stewart. Mm-hmm. But right now, on the line, he is the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet 360. We say good morning to Jeff Blair. Mr. Blair, how are you? Doing well, George. How are you guys doing? We're good. Um, That final last night at the World Baseball Classic, I know there was a lot of cynicism always surrounding this tournament, but how electric was that final last night? Yeah, hopefully electric enough that the next time some of the big-name American pitchers will actually want to take part. 
Um, well, you don't like to you know, see that, Aaron Loop in a situation like that, Blair? <laughs> I didn't like seeing Aaron Loop in any situation, even <laughs> good, uh, with the Blue Jays. So that usually meant to me either one, okay, I had to rip up my story and start over again because we're about to see a six-run comeback by somebody. <laughs> Two, well, it didn't matter anyhow because the Jays had a 15-run lead and, you know, 15 runs, 10 runs. Not going to make any difference. I mean, all kidding aside, that that is that's the missing ingredient to the World Baseball Classic right now. There's buy-in from the position players. I think most of whom are smart enough to sit here and make this judgment. Let's see. I can stay in Dunedin, make bus trips to Sarasota, or I could play in a major league stadium, stay in a major league hotel, travel on major league. Planes play in front of thirty thousand people. Uh, what exactly? Why wouldn't I do this, right? And yeah. so, for position players, it's an obvious move. the The problem the U.S. has with its pitchers is, it, I mean, if you look at the best U.S. pitchers, we're talking guys, U.S. born pitchers. We're talking guys who are making thirty, thirty-five, twenty-five million dollars. We're talking the Verlanders. We're talking the Scherzers. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the best pitchers from Colombia or from well, the Dominican Republic, maybe less so. These are guys that are generally younger and not making as much money. Or, you know, you get to Mexico and Colombia, it's a combination, and Canada, it's a combination of guys who are 22, haven't hit their big payday yet, or guys who are 32, 34, 36, and are just kind of doing it for giggles. So that's the missing thing right now. How do you get the elite U.S. pitchers to sign on to this thing. Because honestly, if you did, yeah, I mean, the, the U.S. would boat race teams. I mean, they just would. As it is right now, look at how close it was with, you know, guys that, a lot of guys that frankly wouldn't make your all-star team, right? Yeah, um, that final at-bat between Shohei Otani and Mike Trout was just incredible. Otani hitting 102 on the radar gun, which is just Incredible. I'm trying to think of what a comparable would be in sports. And this is what I came up with, wow. uh, Blair. And I want to I want to get your it's like Lionel Messi uh kicking a PK against Ronaldo. That's what I came up with. Because that was just incredible last night. Yeah, I mean it is you know, the thing that the thing that always saves the baseball and it's the reason that Major League Baseball's all star game is still the only one that you know, that really matters, that has any semblance of competition, is at the end of the day, whatever the score is, whatever the weather, whatever the count, I have the ball, and I'm trying to get you out. And there's still that sort of one-on-one aspect of the game that you don't get. I mean, you get it in hockey when there's a shootout or when there is, you know, a penalty shot, but by and large, hockey isn't a one-on-one game. It's not as dramatic one-on-one as you get in baseball. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that last at bat, uh, I mean, someone pointed out, I wish I could remember who this was, someone pointed out in the telecast, it's conceivable that will be the greatest highlight from the 2023 baseball season. Like, it's conceivable yeah. that an on, on New Year's Eve when we're playing all those highlights. But that is the number one highlight, the number one sports memory of the year, is Shohei Otani against Mike Trout 
in a tournament that not everybody loves. Do you believe that Shohei Otani will be the first $500 million player next season as a free agent? Yeah, without question. So he's uh, going to the Yankees? Uh, no, he will not be with the Yankees. He's going to the Dodgers. Okay. Flat out. I mean, the Dodgers are willing to basically punt on this season to sign Shohei Otani. They didn't do a great deal in the offseason. Uh, they got a ton of injuries, and they're just basically saying, you know, what the hell, we'll, we'll, we'll hold. I mean, if we finish second to San Diego this year, whatever, we're going to get Shohei Otani next year. He'll make $500 million. We had Joe Madden on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I hadn't thought of it in this way. But Joe Madden may be on to something here. We talked to him about, okay, how would you value this guy? Because you're getting a top-five hitter and a top-ten pitcher in the same guy. Which is just... He said, just you saying that, Blair, just you saying that is absurd. Anyway, sorry, continue. But yeah, it's true. It, it's, and, and his point was you almost have to sit down with him and say, we're going to do two contracts, right? We're going to do one contract that covers Shohei the player and one contract that covers Shohei the pitcher. And then you got to bake in injuries. Okay, what happens if Shohei the pitcher, uh, I don't know. Uh, what if he gets the same injury that Bryce Harper had last year, where he couldn't throw the ball that he could hit? So you can DH Shohei Otani. Like this is, we haven't gone down this road before, and I really do think that even at five hundred million dollars, he's going to be underpaid because essentially you're taking the highest paid pitcher in the game and the highest paid position player in the game and combining them. So you're looking at probably fifty, sixty million dollars a year. And, and, and it's, it's insane because Shohei Otani and his people can make the case that we'll sell merchandise. Like, if you get his name on the back of your jersey, you're selling a crap ton of merchandise. I mean, you can, you can tangibly, the numbers are there. You, you and I could put those numbers together for him, the three of us, mm-hmm. and we could sell a team on it. it it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane. You know, you, you, you single-handedly capture the Japanese market by getting Shohei Otani in a way you didn't even do it with Ichiro because Ichiro was a great player. He wasn't a good pitcher. Shohei Otani is a great player. So now with, with Shohei coming over, and we know that he's an absolute unicorn, but do you think this is going to lead to maybe even more Japanese players coming over to play in the majors? Uh, no. Only because of the posting system, mm. you know, the, the really good young Japanese pitchers, you're still going to have to wait to 2026 to get the guys that were, uh, that were pitching in the World Baseball Classic that were really young. Japanese position players, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, uh, you know, Ichiro, Hideki Matsui, they had a great deal of success uh, in the majors, but... You know, right now Japan is so heavily scouted that I, I this idea that that there's this this undiscovered Japanese player that's gonna, it's just not going to happen. Everybody knows how good the Japanese players are. Everybody knows what their strengths and weaknesses are. Everybody's got two or three scouts covering every game in Japan. So the the, the good guys will still come over here. What might happen is. 
and, and I've always thought, I mean, I thought this was going to be the case for, for 12 years, and it, and it really hasn't materialized. I thought maybe you would see more guys who are in their early 30s, mid-30s, who are no longer the elite of the Japanese league coming over here and playing. And I, I, I thought you'd see more of that. Um, you know, we've seen guys like guys like Munenori, Kawasaki, and but they're they're just it's you're just not gonna you're not gonna see that for whatever reason you're not gonna see that. So no, I don't think it's going to have any impact on the number of Japanese players coming. Or I think Japan was pretty heavily scouted already, um, mm-hmm. and and you know that'll. But I will say this. I will definitely say this. Um, there are going to be a lot of people. There are going to be a lot of people wondering where the next Shohei Otani comes from because there's something about the way we're developing athletes in North America right now where we force everybody to choose. We don't like the idea of a guy who can do multiple things. We want a guy who's a basketball player or a football player or a hockey player. We don't want a guy who's good at both things. The Japanese culture is a little different. And that is what I find intriguing is, is how many more Shohei Otanis are there out there? And I don't know. I mean, how many, how many 14 year old kids in the United States who are great athletes saw that last night and thought, you know, maybe yeah. in addition to hitting bombs, I should, I should start seeing if I can hit a hundred. When- so that's where the, I, I think that'll be, we're going to see more two way players. I, don't know if we're necessarily going to see the sudden influence of Japanese players because mm-hmm. the best players are already here. Yeah, I know this question is impossible to answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. When Jose Bautista was in his prime, Jeff, he had one of the biggest yeah. arms in baseball. Like I think Jose Bautista could have been that guy. Obviously, not at the level maybe pitching wise, but he definitely had the velo to potentially be a starter in baseball. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, uh, only because. I mean, Jose had to work so hard to be as good as he was. That's the other thing about Otani. He's got this great work ethic, and everybody talks about that. But, my God, you still got to have <laughs> that talent. That, yeah, you got to have that talent to decide, yeah. you know what, ah, maybe I'm not going to throw as much today as I did yesterday. And, and <laughs> be able to do that and come out and throw 101. And, and so I know what you're getting at because his arm was strong, and Jose wanted to pitch. Like, you know, Jose would tell you he could pitch. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And my guess with Jose is he was a good enough athlete that had he decided at an early age that he wanted to pitch instead of be a hitter and try to make the majors, he probably would have been able to do it. How do you think teams are kind of looking back at this one and maybe looking towards the next World Ball Baseball Classic as far as sending their star players? Because, yes, we had the Edwin Diaz injury, but on the other hand, I think that if I'm the Phillies and I just had Schwarber and Trey Turner playing in this finals game where you're the Angels with Shohei Otani and Trout, you're saying, hey, these guys are going to be absolutely ready to go for the start of the season. So where's that balance? Yeah, it, it's funny. I had this discussion with Buck Martinez back during the first World Baseball Classic, and Buck was managing the U.S. team, and I covered the WBC. And, you know, Buck went into it with eyes wide open. Well, he knew what the risk and rewards were. But he said, you know, I think there are guys who are probably going to come out of this tournament energized. You know, you're, it, it's, it's something to sit in the clubhouse, and this was back then. It's something to sit in the clubhouse and Derek Jeter's right across from you as a teammate, right? You know, you look at a lot of the guys in the U.S. team. Trey Turner's your teammate. Mike Trout's your teammate. Um, 
I think there's a certain player that will really come out of this energized. Like I am, I am dying. I am dying to see the type of year Randy or Rosarena has after the tournament that he had. And I know the race people were saying the same thing. They sent a guy, Isaac, uh, Isaac Paredes to play for Mexico as well. Good player. He was a guy who had a good year last year. He was a monster. He was a monster in the WBC. And if you talk to the race people, they'll tell you that is a, that, that, that tournament will be a huge part of his formative, you know, his formative experience as a player. He was on the big stage and really shone, and shone against some really elite pitching. So I think teams are going to be looking at that, but at the same time, they're going to balance out the possibility of an injury. Now, what I will say happened this year that really stunned me and I think is going to be really important for the WBC is there was no, you know, Jose Altuve gets hit by a pitch, and everybody said, okay, well, that could happen. That could happen in the batting cage. Hell, it has happened in the batting cage. That, that could happen, you know, in the backfield at the Astros' spring training complex. Some young guy throws a ball, hits an established player in the hand, breaks his thumb, fractures his thumb. That happens. The Edwin Diaz thing would never happen in spring training, ever. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to have a mound celebration in spring training. So I sat there <laughs> thinking when this happened, okay, let's see what the result is. Let's see how many players are coming out and saying, aha, I told you so. And the number of players that did that was minimal. You know, you had the owner of the New York Mets essentially kind of shrug and go, yeah, this sucks. Um, but, you know, we knew about this going in. Nobody made a big deal about it. The player, Edwin Diaz, didn't make a big deal about it. And I think that is going to be a crucial moment for the WBC because, yes, there's always going to be a risk, but it seems to me that we've now accepted that there is going to be a risk to playing this tournament, and the players like it so much that they are. I think you're going to see more and more guys prepared to take that risk. Jeff Blair hosted the Blair and Barker show on the Sportsnet Radio Network on Sportsnet 360. Joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Um, Hunjin Ryu on pace to, to pitch for the Blue Jays maybe in July. How do you think he's going to factor into the season for Toronto? Hopefully not as much as Chad Green. Hmm. I'm hoping Chad Green is healthy and compared. Look, Hunjin Ryu, uh, if he, you know, if he's healthy. I mean, he could soak up some innings for you, but I, I honestly, I don't get the sense anybody in the Blue Jays is sitting there saying we're going to get this guy back by August fifteenth. I mean, it'd be great if he comes back. Uh, you know, if, if he is the young Jin Ryu of old, he'd probably be an improvement on the Yusei Kikuchi of new or whatever it is. So yeah, I think they'll. I mean, they're going to need. It's funny. They, every team's going to need. You're going to need ten starting pitchers to get through a season. And the Jays right now, even at the minor league level, they don't have any arms other than Ricky Tiedemann, who's really young. There's nobody in AAA that you would look at and say, okay, we can bring this guy up and get five starts from him. There just isn't. they got no pitching depth at AAA. So for that reason, Hyunjin Ryu, I think, could certainly help things. But the guy that they're waiting on is Chad Green. If Chad Green gets healthy and can come back in August, uh, he he'll be a difference maker for this team because he instantly becomes, at the very worst, the second-best arm out of that bullpen. 
how much hand wringing is going around the Blue Jays when it comes to Jose Barrios? Uh, ask me after this afternoon. Um, okay. They uh, before he went to the World Baseball Classic, there people seemed satisfied with you know the changes he was making, the adjustments he'd made. He went to the World Baseball Classic and uh, you know he crapped the bed. And Pete Walker, the Jays pitching coach, will tell you that part of the issue, and he's right about this, part of the issue was the pitch selection. I don't know who was doing the advanced scouting for the Puerto Rican team, but you know, some of the pitches that were called were pitches that the Jays, I mean, the Jays just would not ask Jose Barrios to throw. They, they just wouldn't. So I think the Jays felt a little better when they broke that down and thought, okay, uh, you know, Jose Batista or Jose Barrios was put in a position to do something we wouldn't ask him to do. So throw that, you know, throw those pitches out. But, you know, it, it, I mean, this is a guy who nobody seems to know why his year was so pear-shaped last year, right? He's not a bad guy. He works hard. He's a he's one of the best athletes on the team. Um, his arm is great. <laughs> you know, he's, his velo is fine. For whatever reason, his fastball command just just disappeared last year, and and I think there was a concern on the part of the Blue Jays that this one outing they they don't want this one outing to get in his head. Right? They want him to understand the steps forward he has taken this spring, and basically wash that result away. So we'll see what happens this afternoon. I'm told they had a side session. He looked really good. The thing you know about Jose Barrios is you know, Jose Barrios, I don't think, is going to go to bed every night with nightmares from that outing. But, um, yeah, if he – listen, they need 170 – they need 180 to 200 innings out of him. And if they don't get 180 to 200 innings out of, out of Jose Barrios, they're in big trouble. Mm. They are in – they're almost in let's make a trade to get another starting pitcher in here trouble. Ooh. And – Man, they're um, they've got a lot of money locked up in him. They got a lot of money locked up in Gossman. They got a lot of money locked up in Bassett. They're a luxury tax team right now. They haven't given Alec Manoa his big contract. Like, there's only so much. Even with this ownership seemingly prepared to spend whatever it takes to win, there's only so much they can do. And, and if, if if Jose Barrios does not have a good year, uh, well, I'll just say it. if he doesn't have a good year, they're not going to the playoffs. Mm. Um, Mr. Blair, before that would not be good. Not ideal for anybody. Um, Mr. Blair, before I let you go, how juicy is that Man City Bayern Munich quarterfinal of the Champions League going to be? It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I hope Bayern kicks the living hell out of them. It's going to be great. But you know what? I'm real. I'm looking forward to Napoli. I got. I'm, I'm hitched up to the Napoli way. I want Napoli. I want Napoli to win just to see what their fans would be like at the championship. I mean, because their their fans are insane, mm-hmm. they're nutcases, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm I'd like to see Bayern win for personal reasons. I mean, any time any time Manchester City loses, an angel gets its wings, you know that type of thing. <laughs> but, uh, man, I, I would I'd love to see Napoli. I I just love to see I'd love to see the reaction of that fan base in that city. They would probably burn the damn city down. It'd be like Vancouver, Georgie, winning a playoff. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Erling Holland, though, seriously. Like, what a ridiculous clip he is on scoring goals. It gets insane. So much for that, those takes when he went there from Dortmund. Oh, he won't fit into their system. 
people don't realize and didn't realize, I don't think, because the English have blinders on when it comes to their game. You look at the dude, and he's fast. Like, yeah. He's not the big lumbering guy who just kind of finds space and throws his body around and, and you know, and, 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 and just kind of intimidates people. He's fast. He runs into open areas. Uh, and, God, I mean, he's not even – he's still a baby. He's not even in his prime years yet. And he is just uh, ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Blair, always a pleasure. Thanks for this, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, and hopefully he ends up in Manchester United. It's about time to step up to a big team. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mr. Blair. See you, boys. There he goes. Uh, Jeff Blair from uh, Blair & Barker, Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take order delivery at 403 248 Thirty-three, forty-four. Yeah, you're you're a big fan of Erling Holland, right? Yeah, love he, me some Bayern Munich. And, he plays for Man City, Man and City. I love when Man City plays Man United because, boy, does that you love the Manchester Derby? I love the Derby. That's my favorite part when they race horses. Yep. Um, Eric Francis, the franchise straight ahead. Impossible Flames trivia. Anthony Stewart lost to do in the eight o'clock hour. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose Sports at nine sixty. The fan.